that was part of what finally made me say, this is not just some, um, you know, uh, unimportant thing that she's doing, or she wouldn't possibly be yeah. be there, here year after year with all of these terrible conditions she faces. Yeah. So it was her perseverance. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me, Lord. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip encourage and challenge you in pro-life ministry and always with a focus on the gospel stay tuned i felt your passion touched your heart welcome back to the gospel centered pro-life podcast we appreciate you guys joining us as always and we'd appreciate as always if you guys would share this podcast with others who might be blessed by it. My name is Daniel Parks. I serve in Love Life as the Director of Missionaries and also as the West Coast Regional Shepherd. So I oversee our ministries out on the West Coast, even though I'm right now on the East Coast, but I travel back and forth a lot. And then I have Vicki with me. You guys know Vicki, hopefully, if you've been listening. Right? Hey there, everyone. Good to be with you. And Vicki serves here as uh, one of our leads on the sidewalks here in Charlotte. And so um, we do these episodes to help train people, really, in particular, with sidewalk ministry to be effective out on the sidewalks. We cover other other subjects as well, but really focus on the sidewalk outreach ministry. That's our heart. That's how the Lord called us into the ministry. Pro-life ministry uh, is being out on the sidewalks, reaching out to the moms and the dads going into the abortion centers. And so this episode is going to be maybe maybe like a compilation of... uh, other episodes that we've done, um, we've kind of uh, we've kind of taken some content from times past and condensed it into some of these episodes that we've put out recently. I think, yeah. And now this is an episode of recruiting volunteers. Again, we've kind of given some tips and some things that we've seen work here, but we're going to kind of compile some of those thoughts into one episode right. that I think will be a real blessing to you guys that are listening. Yeah. Because that is a big need. If we were to ask, and we did, we did a meeting uh, what a week or so ago with some folks, and just ask, "What's your what's your biggest struggle?" Mm-hmm. And the biggest struggle was for the sidewalk ministry right. was finding people to volunteer. Yeah, getting feet on the sidewalk, finding and keeping. Yeah. But but this is specifically more about how how we we can find them, yeah. how we can recruit them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to talk about how to recruit some volunteers. Right. And um, I mean, I think we'll probably give through this episode also some ways to keep those volunteers because you don't want to just get them out there and just get people out there on the sidewalk. And you can really wear yourself out getting a bunch of brand new people and trying to train them up. And then you find that they they don't stay. Maybe we'll do a whole other episode. I think we could. We do touch on it yeah. on this one, but we certainly could expand on those yeah. ideas. How to keep people out there on the yeah. sidewalk. Because this is a difficult ministry. It is. This can be a very discouraging, challenging ministry. And yeah. so we we need some effective strategies on how to 
get volunteers and how to keep volunteers. But in this one, we're going to talk about recruiting volunteers. So, yeah, jump right in, Vicki, yeah. with where we're, we're going with this article. Okay. So, it, like you said, this is such a difficult ministry. All ministries complain about never having enough volunteers. But I think it's doubly true in such a difficult ministry as Sidewalk Outreach. And, and so as I was thinking through this, I was thinking through just personally – how do we seem to most effectively draw volunteers in and what seem to be the most important strategies in having them remain with us? So the first one, and I think it is above and beyond the, the single most important and effective strategy is developing relationships, using the relationships you have developed, that personal touch and drawing those people in. So by that, I mean, you know, Friends of current counselors, churches of current counselors, and having them reach out, the current counselors reaching out in some form. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like the dynamic of the low-hanging fruit. Like, who are the people most likely to get involved? It's going to be the people that know you the best, Mm -hmm. that know that you're not a crazy, right? Because a lot of what comes, the kind of the caricature that comes with this ministry is, uh, you know, just some loony birds that are out on the sidewalk at an abortion clinic just protesting, right? People yeah. that know you, that that might, might be a turnoff, that caricature might be a turnoff for them ever want to get involved. Well, they know you, and they know that you're not that, and so they know that what you're doing, what you're asking them to do is not that yeah. either. So let me give you an example of two personal touches that happened yesterday that okay. were kind of unexpected. They were not quite this. They were not friends, but it was a personal touch where one person happened to pull in. She claimed to be, when I was on the sidewalk, claimed to be a Christian and and was furious with us. She she said, you shouldn't be screaming at women and blaming women and, and, and what do you do to help them anyway? And yeah. I was able to then calmly explain to her what we do to help. And she said, frankly, I'm surprised. And I gave, she was willing to take our information then and really think about it. So there is a potential person who has been maybe now changed in her feelings about sidewalk counseling, may decide as a Christian she needs to be out there. Yeah. Um, but her she had the wrong impression. She thought we were the crazies that, that much of the media portrays. The second personal touch was when I was shopping. Um, I was in a, um, a retail store and a woman saw my uh, T-shirt. At which said, hope, hope is here, help is here. And she said, tell me about that T-shirt. So I started telling her what I do. She started crying and, um, and said how very much needed this was. She was also a Christian. And she then, we talked about her church, which is not involved, but her church had, had expressed an interest in being involved. And through that personal touch, which was a very positive one, she said she was going to talk to her church. And she was, um, she was really impressed. Yeah. By our ministry. So personal touch. Maybe it is personal friends. Yeah. You already have because they know you're not a kook. Sure. But maybe it is people that, that you meet um, just not even looking for volunteers. Right. And, and your personal touch and building that relationship can make a difference in whether people might consider coming out to the sidewalk to volunteer. Yeah. yeah. Another thing as far as in this realm of personal touch, um, of course, family members, friends, sure. people who, yeah. you know, you want to get them out there on the sidewalk, get them involved. But people in your small group at church, yeah, people that maybe volunteer with other ministries that mm-hmm. you volunteer with or something like that. Mm-hmm. Really, I believe the key, because you can try to explain all day long what 
what we do and, and you can do a great job. You guys who are listening can probably do a great job of tearing down the caricature of what we do and why right. people need to be involved. Right. But at the end of the day, if you get them out there on the sidewalk, then the Lord will do the work. Right. Yeah. We had a, a young lady yesterday, one of our volunteers brought out just to come and see the ministry to shadow and just, and to, pray. And just to come out and pray. Right, right. And the Lord actually used that that lady to uh, engage with a lady who was Spanish speaking. This lady came out. So we have a volunteer who's a regular volunteer. She invited a friend out. Yeah. That friend came out just to pray, happens to speak Spanish. Uh, pretty miraculous story. Happened to be from the same village. The same that, tiny little speck of a town yeah, that this, this mom was from. Yeah, that this mom coming to the abortion center was from. We needed yeah. somebody to speak Spanish. Yeah. She ended up going on the mobile ultrasound unit, chose life. That that lady is now going to be hooked, right? I would, th- I would think so. She ha- was not certain she would ever want to do sidewalk counseling. She had just come because of her friend right. inviting her. And within five minutes, I had warned her, fortunately. I said, I know we normally do just tell people that they're going to come and pray, but I do want you to know if we have a Hispanic woman... We're going to ask you to speak with her. And she kind of like gulped. And I said, but don't worry, we'll tell you what to say. And then it was within five minutes, within five minutes of her arriving, this uh, this woman pulls in. Yeah. This Hispanic woman. So, yeah, great, great example of of a personal touch. um, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So get people out there, invite them to come out and just come out and pray. And obviously don't pressure them to get involved. Don't lay a guilt trip on them. Let the Lord do that, right? Yeah. Get them out there. Get them seeing the women walk in. That's how the Lord got me involved. Yeah. He got me out there. That's how he got you involved, Vicky. Got you out there to see it with your own eyes. And yeah. it's like, I got to do something. Yeah. And actually, that feeds into what is the second, I think, most um, uh, effective strategy, yeah. which is social media. Because mm-hmm. I actually, uh, I did know the person who ultimately was the one that ended up bringing me to the sidewalk. But I knew of her only through social media initially. And then I would meet her. She was a homeschooler. I was a homeschooler. And she was in my homeschool group. And she ended up being a Facebook friend. So I had watched her Facebook post for years about what she was doing out here on the sidewalk. And for years, I ignored it. Right. Um, But then the Lord got a hold of me or it was just one post. I think she had been standing out in a thunderstorm and I was like, you've got to be kidding. Why would anyone do this? And all, and I wanted to find out. Yeah. And that's what um, what brought me. So social media is so important. Right. One of the, as a practical way to use social media, one of the things that I do is every single morning I put out a post about what happened on the sidewalk the day before. And I put a a Bible verse, I put if there were saves, I put the number of saves, um, or I put a highlight, something to attract people, and then ask for prayer. And this has attracted uh, people that, that are my Facebook friends, some of which know me, but some of which are only know me through Facebook yeah. to come out and find out about the ministry. I really think social media is a very important avenue for recruitment. So um, so if you're not doing that and you're hurting for volunteers, I would recommend that you really give that a shot. Yeah. And there's so many different social media now. The only one I'm on is Facebook. But I have found Facebook to be very important. Um, but now there's so many other 
things that you could do. TikTok, I don't even know what all of them are called. Oh, yeah, there's a, so many social media platforms and right. ways to communicate. Yeah. 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 So so that's a, a really valuable tool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, tying into that is not just putting out the need, but like right. you mentioned, right. sharing stories. Oh, man. Stories are so yeah. important. People people don't volunteer with organizations. They volunteer with people, right? People right. don't connect with organizations necessarily. They connect with people. Right. People don't connect with with causes necessary. They connect with stories. Yeah. And so when you share a story on social media of a mom that chose life or of a struggle that you had, I mean, I, I don't think it all needs to be good stories. Some of it could be, I've shared on social media, the fact that at some point, 50 people are inside of the abortion center. Right. Like that needs to be shared. Yeah. So that people see, okay, there's 50 people inside the abortion center. There's a handful of people out on the sidewalk. We we need more folks. And, and you know, put the needs out there. You do have yeah. to be careful not to come across as being you know, just needy and, and woe is me. People don't get on board with that stuff. Woe is a, where are we? We're out here, only two of us, and there's so many people. Don't yeah. do that. Like, glory in what God is doing. Yeah. If there's two people out there. There's two people out there. Praise God for that. Right. We need more people. Let's put it out there in a positive light. Right. We need more feet on the sidewalk is, is a reality. But again, sharing stories, sharing what God is doing, again, not just babies saved, but maybe people that came to know the Lord. We've had people just walking by or at yeah. the abortion center for some other reason come to know the Lord. Yeah. Uh, so many stories. Some of you guys in other cities, uh, you know, I think of like in Manhattan, some of the experiences they've had with people just walking by. Like share those stories. Let people know right. God's doing something and it ain't just about abortion. It's about the gospel. Yeah. And, you know, our model for that is Jesus. Yeah. Jesus shared stories. The parables were a major way for Jesus to convey the message he wanted to convey. Yeah. So use that that. I don't know, um, desire of all human beings to really hear a good story because there are good stories, miraculous stories that happen out on on the sidewalk and they really can draw people in. The story of post-abortive moms and their despair shows, again, we would prefer to show the positive side of what we do. But I think showing the negative side of abortion in a compelling way, like through a, a tragic story, can also encourage people to recognize we need to be out there stopping this yeah, as, as best absolutely. we can. So stories are important. Yeah. 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 And then next, um, something that we've seen, and this is one of the intentions behind the prayer walk. And as we talk about love life and uh, I won't lay out the whole vision of love life here on the podcast, you guys hopefully know about love life and, and the, the vision of love life that comes from the story of Nehemiah mm-hmm. and Nehemiah hears. So kind of four steps of a church getting, getting involved comes from Nehemiah's story. The four steps are here, pray, go and connect. Mm-hmm. So the story of Nehemiah starts Nehemiah chapter one, Nehemiah hears the tragic truth. The walls of Jerusalem are broken down. He prays and fasts. Then he goes out to Jerusalem, where the walls were broken down, and then he begins to connect people on the wall to rebuild the walls. Yeah. And so when a church gets on board with the adoption week, they hear Sunday the tragic truth of abortion. The, the moral walls are broken down in our city. How many abortions are taking place? The, the um, just 
wreckage that's there. Yeah. Again, the walls are broken down. We encourage that church to pray and fast on that Wednesday for the walls to be rebuilt and then to go on Saturday. And the go piece is the prayer walk. And at the end of the prayer walk, we encourage them to connect. And that's beginning to connect people that have come to the prayer walk, that have been exposed to the issue of abortion, where it takes place and whose hearts are engaged because they've already heard the tragic truth. They've already prayed and fast and they've seen it with their own eyes in the prayer walk. Um, we appeal to them, hey, get involved in sidewalk outreach. Yeah. Get involved in mentoring, foster care and adoption, post-abortive healing. We have different connection pieces. Um, but the sidewalk outreach component is is one of the most like, um, I want to say scary, but also one of the most engaging aspects right. uh, where we connect people. Yeah. And so I think when we have a need for sidewalk counselors in a particular area, a particular city, we can talk to those who are doing the prayer walk and say, hey, let's focus on this connection piece for a couple of weeks and let's let's get people connected here. Yeah. And, and it is, I think, effective if a sidewalk counselor who has been in the trenches for a while gets in front of those prayer walk people and tells a story, uses yeah. a story to to capture their hearts and then expresses the the need and how they express the need, I think, is important. And that feeds into our next point, yeah. which is that general needs people tend to ignore. Right. But a specific need at a specific time, specific number, specific day when volunteers are needed, if that is expressed, I think people are sometimes more willing to look at their schedule and say, hey, I I could fill that. Yeah. This fits into my schedule. Yeah. So... Yeah, and so what we mean by that is you can put a general need out there. Hey, we need more sidewalk counselors. We need more people out here on the sidewalk. And people think, oh, well, I'll, I'll pray for them to have people, and uh, maybe I'll consider doing that. But eh, people put it on the back burner when you don't get specific with it. Right. If you get specific, not just we need more people, but we want to cover Wednesday and Thursday. And right now, all we have is a team from 9 to 12 on Thursday. Right. We need a team from 9 to 12 on Wednesday. We need a, tw- a team from 12 to 3 on on Wednesday and Thursday or whatever. And that team consists of three people. So if you can get specific, we need three people from 9 to 12 on Wednesday. People yeah. can see that, oh, maybe I can fill one of those slots. Yeah. And when people can see they're actually having an impact on that number, so you know, once you commit to volunteer, when somebody commits to volunteer, hey, we need one more person. We need two more people here. Can you commit? When you put those needs out there specifically, people will meet specific needs. Be more inclined, I will say, to meet specific needs rather than just general appeals. Yeah. And I know you often say if if you explain the why, you don't need to push so heavily into the how. Yeah. And, and um, in a, I want to apply this this specific area to that statement explaining the why. So if you put out a specific need, like say you tell a story about at one o'clock when our teams had mostly gone home, but our very dedicated counselor happened to be there just because she just couldn't go home. But that's literally the afternoon team's time. We didn't have anyone in the afternoon, but she stayed and a mom came out and told us that she had changed her mind, but she really needed our help. Yeah. And we were able to share 
that the specific help that we could give, and that really, in really solidified that decision for life. But we can't do that if we don't have afternoon teams. So yeah. presenting the specific need, the specific time, and then maybe why that specific time is 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 so critical through a story. So see all these things that we're pointing out as areas that help recruitment do all overlap, yeah. in, and using all of them. Um, I think becomes the most effective. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. specific need. Yeah. And we can't break down for you what those specific needs are. We normally ask for a commitment, no more than four hours, really three hours is kind right. of your sweet spot, right. I think. Yeah. Um, and so the abortion center opens at 930, between nine and 930 over here. So we want yeah. volunteers to be here from nine to 12 and then from 12 to three. So, you know, there's a little bit of overlap there as people come. And of course, you know, people may show up a little bit earlier, hopefully, than than a little bit later. Right. But you know, being specific, nine yeah. to twelve is good. Whatever, maybe it's maybe it's eight to eleven or something yeah. for you guys, or yeah. or whatever. You'll have to figure that out. But yeah, yeah, I think it's helpful again to get specific with the needs that you have. And I know it can be discouraging. Yeah, I've been discouraged because I've done all of these strategies at times, and we're still finding we are short on volunteers. And I would say the next strategy is not really a strategy as much as a character quality. Persevere. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't, Don't think that just because the strategy didn't work in the first month, don't stop. Right. Keep, keep yeah. doing it. We know these strategies work, but you do need to keep at them. And and my own story, it was years right. of hearing social media reports. And there was a cumulative effect of seeing the faithfulness of that person that was posting those reports. That was part of what finally made me say, this is not just some, um, you know, uh, unimportant thing that she's doing, or she wouldn't possibly be yeah. be there, here year after year with all of these terrible conditions she faces. Yeah. So it was her perseverance, in addition to the strategy of posting, right? Yeah. That that ultimately brought me out there. Yeah, and I'll say just a little word of advice here in line of perseverance. You certainly want to persevere, press in. Um, Stay out there and do what God's called you to do, even if people aren't coming along in the numbers that you want them to. But also, you can't do it all. You do need volunteers. And so for you to take full ownership of the sidewalk and because they're doing abortions, maybe Monday through Friday or whatever it might be, you feel like you need to be out there every Monday through Friday. You cannot do it all. You cannot. And, and, you know, you got to be careful not to appear on social media or whatever to come across like you do have it all handled because yeah. people will let you handle it, right? right. They'll, they'll cheer you on to do the stuff as long yeah. as you'll do it, as long as it looks like you've got it. Yeah. So I would say you definitely need to be careful not to burn yourself out. Certainly yeah. don't be out there every day. You need to disconnect. This is an intense ministry. You need to give yourself time to disconnect spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and all that stuff. And trust in the Lord to raise up the people in his timing. You know, the Bible says, and I think that's that's next on here is to pray for laborers. So pray for these laborers. The Bible says specifically pray. The the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he might send laborers. Jesus doesn't say, therefore, you need to labor yourself to death until the the fields are gleaned like they need to be or whatever. No, he says you need to pray for laborers in the harvest. So those times you're not able to be out there, don't. 
lay a guilt trip on yourself, mm-hmm. put that care, that concern off on the Lord. Pray to him to bring people. And as he does, of course, plugging them in as appropriate. Yeah. But uh, persevere, but don't wear yourself out. Right, right. Um, the next one is is the importance of that first training session. And this goes along the lines of how do you keep volunteers more right. than recruiting them. But so you've gotten someone, say, that's, that's going to come out. And I know in general, we say they really should not do anything other than pray and observe. But I think in addition to them praying and observing, they should be there should be targeted specific training where there is someone experienced standing alongside them, helping them to process what they're seeing, explaining what they're seeing, giving the philosophy of why we're out there, the biblical reason for why we're out there. I do that those training sessions basically following what we call our 101 training, where I yeah. give really every major point we raise in our more um, uh, specific 101 video training of, of new volunteers, because I want them to know that they are going to be trained specifically in how to do all these things. And... I want them to be able to see everything they're seeing from the lens of our ministry, yeah. which they, they may not get if there is no one kind of beside them yeah. telling them what's happening, why it's happening, why we say what we say, whatever. And I have found that if that first training session, when they show up and that first time is spent really fruitfully explaining and being right there next to them, you hear all kinds of stories from them. You help them process the emotions. You're there for the questions. And I think those are the ones that are most likely to return. Yeah. So I think you cannot underestimate the power of that first time with yeah, them, yeah. that that be a really fruitful experience. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And we call that shadowing, right? right. When, when a yeah. person comes out, they connect with love life some way, maybe through a prayer walk or go on the website yeah. or through another volunteer, another uh, missionary that invites them out. That yeah. first time they come out, we call it shadowing. So all they're doing is they're shadowing the team that's out there or the individual that's out there. Maybe right. you don't have a big team. Maybe it's just you. But let them come and shadow you. Just watch. We tell them we don't want you to engage right now. We want you to pray and observe mm-hmm. and ask questions. Mm-hmm. And so you do your thing, right? If it's just you out there and the person shadowing you, you do what you normally do. Yeah. And then when you when it's appropriate, step maybe over to where they're at praying and observing and say, do you have any questions? And explain to them why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, I think laying out the boundaries so that you don't have to deal with the police because we've had new people that come out for the first time. And if we haven't clearly explained the boundaries, they go and walk on the abortion center property. They just don't know any better. Right. right? They're they're thinking, you know, whatever. They don't even know where the boundaries are at. They're thinking they're in the parking lot of another business, but yeah, actually it's the sure, abortion center or something sure. like that. And so I think, you know, just some practical stuff you'd lay out on that shadowing, but also, like you said, giving the philosophy of the ministry is helping them along in the process to feel like they're equipped. You're, they're not just out there kind of thrown out there to the wolves, right? But they're right. getting some training. Yeah. They're being coached and yeah. talked through the thing yeah. by somebody that actually knows what they're doing. Yeah, that may or may not be possible. As you were talking, I was thinking when there's only two of us out there and we happen to have scheduled someone that I'm supposed to be training, it is less 
possible for me to just stand beside them the whole right. time. It, I, they will have to just watch what we do sometimes, and then when we're able to step back and talk with them. Ideally, though, if you can have a large enough team that you really can devote your your time yeah. with them that that first session, I think yeah. it's it's really effective. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I know one uh, years in years past. The way we did thing is things as far as raising up new volunteers is we'd put a general call out there on social media to any church partners that we had and say, we're doing a classroom training. That's how we started. We would start That's with right. the classroom training. Yeah. We're doing a Sidewalk 101 training. Anyone who's interested in doing sidewalk ministry, come and, and be a part of that. And we would get, I don't know, 15, 20 people yeah. at a time. We'd do it every other month or something like that, maybe every quarter. And so we would find we'd have a group of 15 or 20 people yeah. and we'd pour into them. We'd actually train them before they were even out there. It's kind of a looking back, kind of a weird way to do it. Right. We would give them training of how to do this before they actually were out there, even saw it, um, which, you know, could be good, could be bad. But either way, that's how we did it. But we would find that after we trained 15 to 20 people and then brought them out there. Part of that training was in a classroom. Then the other, the second half of it during that day, we did it on Saturdays, would bring them out to the abortion center and then they would be able to experience it. Right. But of the 20 people or so, we'd have one or two that would actually be serious. Yeah. And we started thinking like we're putting together, it's essentially an event that we're putting together. You know, you got to get breakfast for people if you're going to have them there early and you got to have a venue and all that stuff. And it's like, man, we're putting energy into these events, these training events and only getting one or two people out of it. Is there a better way? Yeah. And the better way is because the reality is they were in the classroom and that was a safe place to be. And they had all these notions about what sidewalk ministry was. But when you brought them out there to the sidewalk, a lot of those notions were dispelled. Like this is this is a intense ministry. Yeah. This is a, a pretty difficult ministry. And you're not just going to be out there the savior of the world when you show up because of how great you are. Women are going to flock to you and choose life. Like there's some yeah. difficulties. Yeah. And so that's why people would come with these good intentions. And then when they're exposed to it, they would just, they would disappear, right? Exactly. You could, when you follow up with them, you, you get ghosted, right? Yeah. Um, and so we found that shadowing was a better way. Let them come out and see it first. And we actually asked them to shadow three times. Come out three right. times, see the ministry, ask questions. And then after the third time, we ask them, okay, are you serious about getting committed? Yeah. Uh, and getting yeah. plugged into this ministry. If they are... Then they fill out an application, and if their application's approved, they're not a crazy or anything like that, we send them the video training, the 101 training that you mentioned a couple of times. Yeah. And then after they've completed that, that's when we plug them into a team. Which day can you volunteer? Monday, Wednesday, afternoon, morning? We plug them into a team, and then there's ongoing training that we do. Um, but all along, they're being kind of um, – they're being coached through and yeah. they're being encouraged and they're being challenged and you know you kind of push them out of the nest a little bit you put a pamphlet and the second time they come in shadow we actually yeah. we get them to engage in some yeah. level put a pamphlet in their hand put them out the driveway something like that yeah um, it's it's what we've seen the it's the most effective way i think to train people in sidewalk ministry and to vet people who have interest in sidewalk ministry. Right. I agree. And letting them know what the process of training will be, I think, encourages them to know there will be ongoing training yeah. for them. And then our last point to, to close out this podcast is a point you alluded to earlier, but don't forget to praise God 
no matter what, because yeah. all of us can fall into that trap of discouragement, disillusionment, bitterness, whatever, blaming the church, whatever. And yeah. we don't want to fall into that trap. And the easiest way to hold that at bay is to look for the positive and praise God for what you do have out yeah. there. Yeah. If I mean, you've got. I remember years ago, we've got six days they're doing abortions here at the Latrobe Abortion Center, really only one day that we have consistent coverage out there. Yeah. And it was always like, where's the church at? Right. Man, we need people. It took some time, but God raised up the people. Yeah. And I think by his grace, he gave us, um, he gave us a way to kind of temper our discouragement and disillusionment with the church, like where's the church at? And, and we're able to just to, to be patient and glory in what God has done. See, a lot of times yeah. we can look at what we don't have. Right. We don't have people out here. We don't, and we can miss what we do have. If yeah. you've got a handful, two, three volunteers, man, these are two or three people that are speaking at a place of death. They're speaking life. They're shining light in darkness. Listen, the Bible says God can save by many or by few. Yeah. Now we want many. Yeah. And I think the goal is many. We we need ultimately we need many people out there so we can all bear the burden together. Yeah. Um, but God can save by few as well. So yeah. let's just have confidence in the Lord. Let's put it on him. Let's pray to the Lord of the harvest. And just please know, guys, as you're listening. If you're one of our Love Life cities, we're praying for you constantly for God to raise up people. Yes. For cities where you're maybe you're not a Love Life uh, city, we're still praying. We're praying God throughout the nation is raising up people to be a voice for the voiceless and to bring his gospel to these places of darkness. So just know that we're praying for you guys. We put these podcasts out to encourage you guys. So um, as we always do, we encourage you guys to reach out to us. You can reach out to me, Daniel at lovelife.org. You can reach her, Vicky at lovelife.org. We'd love to encourage you, love to talk with you, share with you, maybe even some more strategies about how to raise up folks if, uh, if you have some questions about that. But until next time, God bless. God bless you all. Give me an outlet for love Give me an outlet for gratitude I know it will Cost me my life But nothing's too precious since I met you